I didn't know how to help you in that way. And that, that made it even harder. Like as much as obviously the, like the loss and everything, you know, weighed on me, that was like exacerbating the situation, I think. So I wasn't even able to like mourn properly because I was just so helpless in that sense. Two years ago, at six months pregnant, we lost our baby girl to an undetected external infection. And what has followed took us down a path we could never have predicted. You know, I was used to getting pregnant quickly and unassisted. The infertility journey came as a surprise. No one talked to me about getting my ovarian reserve tested. You know, no one told me that just because I got pregnant easily with my first and my second, it it didn't mean that I could expect the same with my third or fourth for that matter. I thought IUIs were a for sure thing. I thought IVF was a one month process and that that's just the physical part. All these assumptions were incorrect, but why would I know any better? I'm Emily Getz and this is the Day One Podcast, a show dedicated to the unspoken side of fertility. Here I share my story and bring together moms, dads, parents, to be doctors, specialists, and healers to help break stigmas, normalize the conversation. Let's bring education to the forefront and most importantly, build a community so the journey doesn't feel so lonely. Today on the podcast, we kick off the very first episode with the one and only Evan Mintz, my husband. I felt like there's no way for me to explain our story unless I had Ev by my side. You guys are going to get to hear our banter, a few text difficulties um and get a perspective that only he can give so enjoy all right we're starting thank you (laughs) well this is our round two of recording if you want that's what you want to say (laughs) round 75 Um, I thought it would be appropriate for you to be the first guest on the day one podcast. I mean, you guess you sort of had to also. I am sleeping with the boss. You've really been planning on when you wanted to insert that joke. Yeah, that's come and, up every time. Yeah, and, and you decided to do it at the beginning. Right at the beginning this time, yeah. Yeah, start off high and then we'll just go downhill from here. And then back uphill. And maybe, yeah. A roller coaster. Sure. Yeah. Okay, I'm back. And we're back <laughs> after the commercial break. You're my guinea pig in this in-studio situation. Well, I've been called worse, so I'll take that. Okay, so we thought that, um, or I thought it would be important to share a little bit more details in terms of our story, and you're kind of part of that equation. Yeah, just kind of. Yeah. Yeah, a little. A little. <laughs> and, um, and then I think it's just interesting through the past couple of years like your perspective of you know everything that's gone on versus mine um i thought we could dive into that sure let's do it so <clears throat> we have a son and yes. yes yes and i would say that it took you a couple of years to even get me to try to a couple years i mean i I was ready pretty early on i think yeah Yeah. i mean even up until maybe the day he came out you weren't ready 
yes, I was very anxious through the pregnancy with Ryder. Not anything from a physical standpoint, just from like a... Can I, I do this? Yeah. <laughs> and then... I made a terrible mistake. Yes. And then <laughs> since then, I've been like... Totally. The big, like a mom train. I'm on the mom train. All aboard. All aboard. Yeah. A switch was flipped, as yes. I, I like to say. Yes. And so it was pretty easy when we to decide we want a sibling. Yeah. Okay. And, and right? Yeah. And At least got, one, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. And we got pregnant really fast mm-hmm. in twenty nineteen. Correct. And with Ryder, in my pregnancies, like I didn't really have a lot of side effects or anything that I did have, I was pretty relaxed about it. Shockingly relaxed, yeah. I was definitely the anxious more anxious one of the two of us during that pregnancy and um and the other pregnancy too probably yeah yeah we always joke where you would google like my finger fell off Mm -hmm. and then it would be like you're pregnant normal yeah (laughs) are you pregnant that's normal yeah (laughs) go with it so um in our in our second pregnancy i we were so confident we ended up going to in my second trimester to italy Mm-hmm. Um, with your brother-in-law and his family, and it was like this dream trip. Incredible trip. Incredible with yeah. Ryder. It was yeah. really nice. But during that time, I actually ended up having a lot of pain. When I mm-hmm. look back at it, I, I really felt like it was it was pain, but I, I felt it was second trimester, like with my ligaments and everything stretching. That's yeah, how I remember it. I think we all we all did. Yeah. I mean, none of us were too concerned. You were the most concerned, I would say. Like, I guess from my perspective, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But I probably wish I would have taken you more seriously at the time. And I don't know. I don't want even want to think about what uh, you know what could have been had we maybe been a little bit more proactive. But I. Again, I take solace. I'm not sure if you've talked about this, but I take solace in sort of knowing that we went back. We got back to Toronto and we went to the hospital to check it out. And the hospital did all their tests and didn't come up with anything abnormal and said, you're fine. Don't worry about it. So I assume an Italian hospital would have sent the sa- said the same thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We would be in the position we're in anyways kind of thing. So Yeah. So we yeah. got home. We got tested. <clears throat> Like my cervix, everything was fine. Yeah. The, the way I can describe it is it, it felt like the baby dropped. Like I felt like she, it was coming out. Like I was like, it feels like there's so much pressure. Mm-hmm. It felt everything inside was bruised. Like that's how I described it. Right. It wasn't like acute pain. It no. Was, it was it like was when like I was pressure. walking. Yeah. But it just felt low. Yeah. Um, and, and we all just thought, oh, you've already had a pregnancy. You know, your, yes. your body is like loosened up i guess or whatever yes. i don't know the scientific term and yeah. um it's just normal for a second second pregnancy but then 10 hours later my water broke after the hospital yes. in Toronto. Yeah. yes yes um which was terrifying absolutely and when we got the in defining moment in our yeah, life. yeah yeah and when we got to the hospital they confirmed it was my water that had broken and mm-hmm. We were able to get, uh, obviously, they were doing all these ultrasounds. So, in the ultrasound, we found mm-hmm. out that we're having a girl. We're having a girl, yeah. Which was. Yeah, that 
Amazing. Somehow even more devastating yeah. kind of thing. Amazing and devastating. Yeah. And what was interesting is they were like, look, you know, you're, there's a tear in your sack. It, there's, there's like a small chance that the tear could repair itself. Mm-hmm. Go home and, oh, it's the clinic calling. Pause, please. Or you could hear this. Again? I know. Hold on. Come on. Hello? Hi, good morning. We speak with Emily. Yeah, it's Emily. Hey, Emily. I'm calling from CCRM Toronto IVF Lab. My name is Paul, one of the embryologists. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. So I'm giving you the fertilization update, all right? So just to recap, there were two eggs retrieved yesterday. So both eggs were mature. They were injected yesterday, and they are all fertilized. Yay! Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're holding our breath there for a second. <laughs> yeah, so what we do, um, we were ordered Hold by on. Dr. Hanam to continue culturing this to grow them and do a biopsy for genetic testing. Is it correct? Yeah. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. Then the next call will be on Monday. So that may take um, take place in um, around noon time or maybe in the afternoon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So fingers crossed. All right. Okay. Thank yeah. you so much. We're really excited. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, all the best. All right. Okay. Talk on Monday. Okay. okay talk to you Monday. Okay. Bye. Bye. That's appropriate. I recorded that. Oh, you got that on? Yeah. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, good news today. Yes. Good news. Two for two. Two for two. (laughs) So far, so good. So far, so good. Okay, so back to um, what we were talking about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So they kind of said to me, go home for a couple days. There's like a very small chance that the sack could repair itself. I think you should maybe tell, sorry, interrupt. We already had that news. Like, we already spoke to Tom, our doctor. So we knew the excitement was a little muted. Why? Why do you have to tell them that? That would have been that would have been perfect. No, I think maybe they were wondering why, like, maybe someone would be wondering why. You just said my heart on the phone with the guy. Well, because you never know, I guess. Like, he could have said something else. But we already knew what he was going to say. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Fast forward. So we're at the point where the fluid, um, the sack could... Repair itself. Yeah, the the water broke. Your water broke. But it hadn't completely flushed out. There There was still a little bit of fluid. And they said there's a very slim chance, like, you know, of course, obviously, they're going to give us a little bit of hope. There's a very slim chance that the sac repairs itself and the, the fluid builds back up and the baby could potentially survive. And so we said, all right, well, then, you know, let's go time now so let's get home and um do whatever we can and i think at that point you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think at that point you had sort of gone into a place where you had accepted what had happened and i was worst case scenario yeah i was like this is ridiculous let's just deliver the baby and call this a day i can't do this for three days it's not going to change you were yeah you had gone already to three days from now and i was very much on a like this thing could still be salvaged this yeah. this baby could be salvaged which is a good uh representation of of our relationship yeah. prior to that <laughs> <laughs> you had is given up on the relationship and i'm like this is gonna we could still 
No, it, I mean, I was still optimistic for, and it's uh, for better or for worse. I mean, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. and a lot of ways for worse because three days later after, you know, you know, you being on the couch for, th- I don't know if it was three days, it was like, like two full days, s- let's yeah, say. Yeah, something like that. Um, and hope growing kind of thing, even though I remember there was lots of, uh, still continued signs of the water leaking out and you know it wasn't repairing it we we were pretty sure it wasn't repairing itself but you know nothing bad had happened for two days and then on sunday yeah you're you know it was like i was in labor that's it you're yeah your back was hurting we took you to the hospital and they confirmed that uh yeah the baby was coming out the body was no longer willing to house this baby yeah and that was um yeah that was a very very painful then i feel like it was like this crazy out-of-body experience for me. I mean, Ruby, we named her Ruby, and it's just easier for me to use her name. But mm-hmm. um, she was breech, and what is interesting is that if you're breech, it is a full-term baby, you automatically get a C-section, but at the size that she was, mm-hmm. um, it was safer for her to come out vaginally and but you couldn't push right and but you can't push um because the head comes late after you can't you can't actually just push so it was a very long long drawn out um epidurals were an issue oh they could not get my epidurals right it it actually was a was a weight fine emotionally obviously if you give when you give birth to a baby that you don't bring home like that's on a whole other level but physically i think I was so naive because I felt I did not know that regardless of how big your baby is, you always dilate to ten centimeters. Like mm-hmm. you, your body reacts regard reacts as if it's a full term baby regardless of the size. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking like I just thought of this now, but you know, and you can again correct me, but maybe the the terrible physical pain was almost like almost a blessing in the sense that you weren't able to even deal with it emotionally at the time because i can't only imagine like i i know sorry emotionally i know a little bit better probably what it was like because i wasn't going through any physical pain so i'm sitting in the room with you and completely dejected you know like depressed whatever you want to say feeling all that emotion at once And, and again you can stop me but Maybe you weren't able, maybe that was almost a good thing at the time, like not to be delivering and feeling the emotion. Cause you knew, like you just said, like you already knew ahead of time that we weren't going to be bringing the baby home. So to deal with the emotion while you're delivering it may have been unbearable in a sense. Like I don't, maybe you don't recover from something like that versus the physical pain was so bad that you, you couldn't even deal emotionally yeah you're, you're looking at me like no that's not it. that's not it and I that's fair that's fair that was the first thought it was the first time i ever thought about that so i definitely was emotional that's why it's a aware. no bullshit podcast you know we yeah. just speak our mind and yeah. whatever comes out comes out right <laughs> <laughs> i just i think i was definitely um aware of the fact that i was not bringing this baby home but mm-hmm. um i felt like m- I had to almost like hover above myself to get myself through it versus I felt with Ryder I wanted to be more present in the delivery and in the physical part of it. Like for this, I just was kind of, I was like, I don't, 
what can I do to just not be here? Like, mm-hmm. how do I lift myself up? And you actually, I think it was for hours, ended up putting classical music on. That That's what the doctors recommended. They're like, watch, watch a show. I'm like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Mm-hmm. So you ended up putting classical music on it. And it was almost a meditative state. Like, I actually feel like I hovered above my body in that delivery. Um, I can't even, I have no idea how you managed to get through that experience. Yeah, that was really intense. Honestly. Yeah. And then, kudos. Then then we had to name her. Then we had to name her. And a lot of people think we named Ruby. Ruby would have been the name if she went full term, but it wasn't. No. We had not decided yet where we were at because we didn't know the gender. Right. So Ruby was the name. If Ryder was a girl, we were naming Ryder Ruby. Right. So it kind of was just this easy. Yes. Yes. We're like, it's Ruby. It's a, it was, we thought it was appropriate. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, um, it's like such an interesting process, you know, went leaving the hospital um, with a file folder. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> So talk to me a little bit about how after, you know, uh, the, the couple days that we we came home, like, where was your head at? Like, where was your head at in all of this? Because we talk a lot about me, but I'm how trying to think. Like, it? I mean, um, it was a while ago, and it's a time where I don't love to remember, like, I don't try to go there too often. Um, but I guess, I mean, especially since you started doing this, I've, you know, been not forced, but like, you know, sort of corralled back into this space. And I think one of the main things that stands out in my head at the time was like, just like the, like helplessness of it kind of thing. And it was like started for sure during the delivery and you know i i mean nobody really knows me i mean some of your friends who are listening know me but like i like to be helpful <laughs> it's part of it's part of me what i do part of your shtick yeah part of my shtick thank you um and so that was really hard in itself like i just had you know a, a lot of the attention was on you and and that made sense but like i didn't I didn't know how to help you in that way and that that made it even harder like as much as obviously like the loss and everything you know weighed on me that was like exacerbating the situation I think so I wasn't even able to like mourn properly because I was just so helpless in that sense yeah I mean I think for us we're really fortunate like that we have Ryder Mm -hmm. um and and we're able to kind of lean on him actually to to get us through that too yeah and um true we also had this like amazing and it sounds so weird to say but uh, we were off work for two weeks and Ryder was in daycare and we had this like reconnecting period after ruby that we hadn't had for like years it felt like we were dating again almost because everyone kind of gave us space we got drunk we had like we had like daytime lunches. We were like smoke, like smoking, watching movies. Like it just felt. When I look back, obviously it's just so sad. 
but in terms of our relationship it it actually was like this unbelievable reconnection i i know that sounds so bizarre I mean, it's it is what it is, right? Like I, I like I agree. Now, like now that you're saying it, also I remember like how um, it felt like we were able to sort of be in a relationship, like before rider kind of thing, yeah. pre rider. Yeah, we were like be attached back. at the hip. Yeah, yeah. You what, didn't it was annoy nice. me at all during that period of time. Are you sure you just didn't block out some no, parts? No, I wanted to be with you the whole time. Like that, you're the only one I wanted to be around then. Yeah. You know and. Yeah. Um, and what was really difficult was that we kind of for two weeks I th- at the end of the two weeks I think we were both just like okay we need to kind of let's go back to normal hmm. and well we took a trip too we took a trip we went yeah. up north um or went what up no, east out east yeah <laughs> and east north east let's north. say um, yeah we went to couple, Prince Edward County had, and it was yeah a couple really nice days couple really nice days and then. And then we got after, the call. Yeah, the sort of world fell apart all, all over again. Yes, that my dad passed away. Yeah. And that was two weeks to the day we lost Rudy. It was like we had just started to get back up on our feet almost. Mm-hmm. And then we just got pounded back down to the yeah. floor. It almost was like Ruby and everything that happened just got swept under the rug. And then it was like all hands on deck to deal with my dad. Yeah. And, you know, it was like my dad's story is best. Like it was worst of both worlds. You know, we he was been declining, but we did not think that this was sort of the end of the road. And it was out of nowhere. Um, that it we, felt like it. Right. Yeah. So we've been dealing with him being sick for a few years, but nothing terminal, right. nothing yes. like, oh, for, he's for sure going to pass. Mm-hmm. He could get, always get better depending mm-hmm. on certain medicines or lifestyle changes yeah. that he was going to do. And then he didn't. And then he didn't. And so it was just. It, I've it's always like time put, stopped. Uh, it, was it was as if Ruby liter- literally. I think the month after my dad, I couldn't even fathom the Ruby thing. And when I think about Ruby, I think about my dad. I think about dad. I think about Ruby, and they're buried in the same cemetery and fifty um, feet from each yeah, other. Yeah, it just like was this. It it was just completely tangled into each other. Um, mm-hmm. But what's been really nice for me, actually, with the article that went live and even starting this podcast, is it's it's actually starting to allow me to separate the two. Yeah, totally. I feel I feel like most people probably wouldn't even know that your dad has passed away. Yeah, and that that was a conscious decision for me because mm-hmm. this is a story around fertility, right. um, and those that is two circumstances that happen to ha- happen to occur close together, but. For years, I decided to put a meaning behind that, that there was like a meaning behind the fact that the two of them kind of, we lost both of them within the same time frame. But the more work I'm doing now, I've realized that I've just put that, I've put the meaning on. There, there is no meaning. There are two. Well, and as much as there's no meaning to anything or there's meaning to everything, like you, everybody puts meaning on. Yeah. That's what God is. That's what things are like, you know, you like astrology like i mean it's what we sort of give it the power we give it yes so i i don't necessarily i may take a little bit of a different stance yeah i do truly feel like um you know it's comforting and i don't believe in the afterlife yeah but i do feel comforted by 
thinking that maybe on the off chance your father and Ruby are together. And your mom. You know? And my mom, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so not to derail this into um I thought it's no yeah okay. uh, that that circumstance but I, I wanted to share it because, <laughs> on a lighter note <laughs> yeah I wanted to share because it does um it was this like massive uh, event event yeah that yeah. happened during the time we were mourning Ruby I don't think you can talk about Ruby and and like if you want to like this is a discussion about what happened yeah. without mentioning yeah. like that other side I yeah. don't know I think it, they just they have to go hand in hand yeah in a sense but moving forward yes yeah and, you know, it's been two years since then, so over two years now, and we've gone through trying naturally to an IUIs to, you know, what you just heard, we're in our second round of IVF. And, you know, how I, I, I've talked a lot about how I've been dealing with it through even writing the article and some of the work that I'm doing to get to the other side. And... Honestly, behind closed doors, I don't even think we talk about like how you're doing or what your perception over the past couple of years has been like. Oh, so the first time you want to talk about this is uh, <laughs> in public like this? That's great. Okay. No, I just, you know, look, the pros of a podcast, <laughs> I can interview you on how you're doing. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, you know, as this is a no bullshit podcast. I plugged that a few times. Thank you. And you're welcome. Um, and I do, and I really like that concept that you can just say. I think that, um, like, sadly, like I've been knocked down so many times over the, this last few years that where I once was pretty like naively optimistic, or you know, like just didn't really let myself experience bad things the way they could have been experienced. I think that like, this is really, I mean, not shifted my personality necessarily. Cause I still feel like the same person, but like, I guess it's shown me a darker side that I'm not just like cheerily optimistic about this, you know, like th with these new, with, you know, th this is great news, you know, that we just heard today. Um, but after hearing the great news, for example, after hearing this great news, one of my first thoughts is like, okay, well, that's just one of, you know, three or four more newses that we need to, newses, that's a word, <laughs> that we need to, um, we need to get through, you know, whereas before, like, you know, even with the water breaking, like, even then, your water broke, and I was like, it's going to repair, it. like, I was truly thinking, it's going to repair itself, or we're going to be okay, now i'm like okay that's great no question obviously we need to get through today but we need to get through seven days from now we need to get through seven weeks from now and then then 12 weeks from now kind of thing so like i guess like i said i'm not changed but i'm definitely more tempered um maybe a little bit more jaded maybe uh and maybe that's natural like maybe that happens to like I hopefully well, I mean it doesn't seem like it happens to you like you you feel I feel like you started jaded and now have like been slowly and very impressively if I do say so um becoming more uh like 
I guess fuller in the sense that you're looking at the more like sort of optimistic side, uh, and you're you're able to um, stay in the moment and and everything like that. Whereas I think that I'm sliding more into a, like this pessimistic zone, unfortunately. So that's that's sort of where like you know it's not it's nothing funny about it or anything like that, but um, it's the truth, and I, I imagine you're looking for that on this podcast and um i hope that it doesn't last forever but this is sort of what's happened to me over these last over this last since ruby kind of thing yeah i think it's like how could how could it not you know what i mean it's like when you're positive it doesn't work out trying to be positive and it keeps it doesn't work out like you just knocked down yeah over and over again it's hard to not Mm -hmm. be changed in that way um still getting up so I'm still going to get and, up. And I, it's like your level of positivity as a human is like off the charts. So now I feel like you're just in the normal range of positivity based off some of your life experiences. So I'm just normal now. <laughs> Damn. But I, I, I think that I think it hasn't, ch- it maybe has changed your um, attitude towards these towards what's going on but i wouldn't say it changes your attitude on life in general like you've kept that pretty yeah like even yeah for sure sure yeah like i mean like in what in other areas you're still a good time i i I mean thank you i try (laughs) to be i just it's not as easy as it once was but um yeah once in a while we'll 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 have a good time i think (laughs) and like you know through ivf and it, you know, IVF and COVID is also different because even if you wanted to come with me to any of these appointments, you can't. Oh, right. COVID. Yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. COVID happened. That was fun. <laughs> um, what do you think the biggest challenge has been sitting on the sidelines a little bit in terms of where we're at, our IVF experiences? I mean, I guess I, I mean, like, sort of like, like, I'll repeat, like, it's still, I still feel helpless. Like, and I yeah. don't, I don't like that part of this whole thing. But I guess, I mean, even if I was with you present, I probably would be still very much on the, like, sort of on the sidelines in the office and watching you have to go through uh, the, the protocols, the hormones and, the, and you know, the blood, it, it feels like they're taking blood every day. You got to be up early every day to go to the clinic. Like how much fun is it to wake up at 6 a.m. and like drive to a clinic and get blood? And then it's like before your day's even started, you're probably tired. Um, and so that's hard for me to watch you do that. And for me to be like, OK, I guess I mean, like I'll look I'll I'll take over a lot of the parenting responsibilities, yeah. um, which like thankfully I can do and that help. I think that helps whatever totally. I mean I'm sure it helps but it doesn't help with like the other stuff I wish I could take some needles for you you know like and I know I can't but I just wish I could take some needles for you or you know drive you to the clinics and wait for you and be there for you in that sense which I can't do and I don't like um but I that's like I guess COVID or not that's sort of the nature of the beast with this yeah. unfortunately you have to do anything so when you know as much as i may have complained like i mean i don't think it was a lot but maybe from your perspective it was a lot that i had to like cut out all these things from my life in solidarity 
with it's your. Oh, can we just it's my stop? favorite word. Yes, this is not in solidarity. You you are half the DNA equation. So mm-hmm. because we have a low reserve, mm-hmm. it means that we don't get a lot of eggs. So the quality is like, maximize. Yes, my sperm that, as that's much as why you right. have had to cut out and change your diet. Um, yeah, but like that okay, is there's a different perspective. Okay, we're not gonna get into this. I don't think there's not, we shouldn't get into this because there's no like sci- there's there's could be scientific proof of why doing cutting out or not eating meat for your whole life would be good for your sperm. But like three weeks of cutting out meat, you didn't cut out for three weeks. You've been cutting out for three months. Okay, but okay, fine. Yeah, and so, that changes your insides, and you have more supplements you haven't had before. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like, no, yeah. I mean, again, I don't know if it's going to be correlative, like one to one. Like, we're not necessarily going to know. But I'm was I, my point is that I was more than happy, and that, yes, I may have complained once in a while, but that's I feel like in my blood or in all Jews' blood to complain. Um, that I was more than happy to cut out a lot of the things that um, I like to partake in. Nor- we like on a to normal, partake in. I mean, we like to partake. I think in. our relationship. Me more than you, though, like to partake in on a day to day. Yes. Like you like to work out. You have to cut out working out. Like that to me. But was I like wine, just and I like to party. You and have a say drink. you like wine, but you drink like half a cup of wine, and you get sleepy, and you're That's like, I don't like for the wine. Past two years, I basically have like had to cut everything out so if i have a sip of anything i'm like on the floor sleeping but no i think you like to drink like let's have a a martini and go out and bar hop and everything like that but like wine is not one of those drinks that you drink when you bar hop so it's like being at home having a glass of wine is i just don't see the point anyways let's go well i don't see the point in smoking a joint every single day well that's why you don't do it and i do it it's okay i see it productive and you've said that before (laughs) yes fine Okay, we digress. Yes. Anyways, um, we both have had to make lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. And yes, you you have been amazing. Um, for whatever your reasons for doing it have been, I think that when you go through IVF, you want to put your best foot forward mm-hmm. and you don't want any regrets. And you want to say you've done everything that you can do. So when the results come through, you're not feeling like you could have done something. As a team. Yeah, we're fist pumping right now. As a team, yeah. Um, well, I think that I am just so grateful that a, you have, are going to come, you've come on and kind of shared a bit of your perspective on it, but also mm-hmm. just like been game for this podcast to even exist and for, you know, me to be able to share what's going on in our personal lives because this isn't just a me thing, right? It's both of us. Maybe the, yeah. it's coming through me or it's i'm doing the content but like it's exposing you i guess i just didn't assume anybody would listen to what you had to say at first (laughs) and i realized quickly on that was a big mistake yeah what do you feel um is there anything that you're hesitant that i've shared or how have you been feeling in the launch of everything no i think uh you know i it's funny i you say you're an open person I'm not like outwardly open. Like I'm not gonna just go around telling people about stuff, nor like ever. But I'm also very open. I think I'm very open as well. And so I, I never, I've never felt for a second that like I'm embarrassed about what's going on and that that I don't want people to know. Um, 
And that coupled with like the healing effects that I've seen on you, it's like a no brainer to me. Yeah. I have no issue whatsoever with this happening. I'm so proud and, and like it's very impressive and all that stuff that you've heard a million times. So I don't need to repeat it again. But when it comes from you, it's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and like it hasn't affected your ego in any way so i'll continue to say it but like it's it like, so going back i no, i have not i'm i'm just proud of you just, no. it's just great i love you thank you yeah my pleasure i'm so happy you came on is that it is there more am i boring you no i feel like last time or the last 10 <laughs> times we did it it was longer i was trying to you know make this one a bit more consent concise concise um but hey if there's anything i'm missing that you want to say i i i feel i guess the the final piece can really be about like do you have any advice oh man i thought oh i can't believe i i i messed up i thought i was going to avoid that question <laughs> <laughs> no it's out there i don't have to say no i the the only like and i the, the interesting thing for this one is my advice i think is that I don't know how many guys are going to be listening to your podcast. It's going to be, I think it's going to be very interesting to look into that. So if I'm speaking to any guys, which I'm not sure I will be, but like, it will I'm, be, this is a podcast should be a podcast. I hope that's what I'm saying is I, this is what my advice is going to be is I okay. hope that I am speaking to guys. Yeah. And if I'm not, I hope that the girls that I'm speaking to, um, don't necessarily have to listen to my pod, the, like my, this podcast. Um, but I hope that they, my advice is that men should educate men should educate themselves just as much as women should educate themselves on this. Um, like some of my my buddies, like who have commented on yeah. um, what you're doing and are you know so also very proud of what you're doing, ask me in the same breath like, what is infertility and like what's going on? Like yeah. they ask me about it. I'm like, this is the point of yeah. this of what she's yeah. doing. This is exactly the point of what she's doing is that you need to educate yourself just as much as because you're going you are going through this too this, no i'm speaking to guys but they are going through this too and um so tr like i mean just by purely a way of support to be educated but also you know this is this is on us as much like you know it, you know like it's our baby too right like yes you're carrying it totally. and yes it's like there's a much more physical connection between you and the baby but I mean, emotional is just as powerful, and um, it, I think it just, I really recommend, like, I wasn't educated either before this, and, like, I've been thrown into the gauntlet of this, and I've had to, and I've been enjoying my education and getting to know all the things that, uh, you know, you're going through, and so that, because that allows me to help better support you. Yeah. And feel less helpless. Yeah, and I also think for the relationship, right? It's like when yeah. both of you are in it together, it's just a game changer in terms of like having to go through each step where you don't feel as isolated. Yeah, so. co-team. Another fist bump? Fist bump. <laughs> okay, and then okay. my final, my oh. final. Oh, I know, but at, I'm at the end of each podcast. Let's go, I got an 18 to play question. soon, okay? So hurry what? I got the 18 going on soon, so. Yes, Evan has to golf soon, so he's <laughs> asked me to wrap this up. What would be your advice to someone that is on their day one of their IVF journey? More advice. 
Jesus, Evan, just give the day one advice for me. For for the listeners, if there are listeners that have, are starting their IVF journey and it's day one of their IVF journey, what advice would you give to them? In one, two, three, go. Um, that's a good. I mean, that's a good question. Is it? Let me just ask. Is this like like day zero? Like was yesterday for us, and now we're on day no, one, and we got the good one. news. You've made a decision that you have to. You you're oh, now going into IVF. Okay. It's the first day of you starting your journey. What advice would you give for partners? Let's. I'll make it more specific for partners. Um, okay, so I imagine day one of their IVF journey is is, is I imagine. Uh, I don't think it's for everyone, um, but let's say for people who have already been in the in the infertility journey for a little while and are starting and have starting an IVF specifically that, that is the question okay that well no question. because I just said what is no 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 wait there are couples that would just go right to IVF IVF and period I don't care about your the the history that has gotten you to IVF you have you have you are on your day one guys I don't understand why this is such a difficult question Fine. What is your advice I, for people? Okay, hold on. Um, my advice for people. <laughs> That's no. all, folks. <laughs> there, maybe, there maybe you have it. You've heard it, it. I'll cut it off here. Okay. Well, I will. I'll end it by saying that it's it's a brand new day, and um, you know, like it's like take it from me. Like be optimistic. Okay, you will get there. Um, don't don't let don't get bogged down with you know one with like maybe what happened previously, and two or two with how you think it's gonna go. Just take it, live in the moment. I'll, I'll take a page out of M's book. Live in the moment, um, and uh, you will get to the your water. You will. You'll do it. And thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I love you. Love you too.